When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast. We got the main man, TD, Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. Of course, the Talking with TD podcast. A must listen this time of year, not just because it's draft season, my guy, but because free agency is uh, going at a rapid pace everywhere in the league. But here, it seems it's pretty steady so far in the last couple of days. Yeah, it has been pretty steady. I guess we're looking at the the Ross and TJ Mack shopping list as opposed to Nordstrom and Nima Marcus in those spots. Yeah, something like that. I this is uh, TJ Maxx is a good way to put it. Although, don't sleep on TJ Maxx. I know, I know you are. I know you are somebody who uh, understands the ability to find a, a value at a at a spot like TJ Maxx. You can put something together. I I believe in your uh, your prowess. That's right. <laughs> hey, look. You get plenty of sweats from there, man. That's where I get all my, my sweatpants. Under 20 bucks. Can't beat it. No question. Well, I don't know if Rand Carthon's shopping for sweatpants, a hoodie, or something in between, but um, so far the moves have been uh, pretty functional, I think is a way to describe them when you look at the, uh, the different players that they've acquired. Just going down the list, Andre Dillard. Although uh, important to note that uh, a lot of these, uh, as we tape this on a uh, on a Thursday afternoon, about two o'clock central time, we have not seen any signings made official by the club, even though we are officially in the new league year. So Andre Dillard, the reported deals, uh, Luke Gifford, uh, Aziz Alshair, uh, you have now NWI coming back on a one year deal and Arden Key as well as Daniel Brunskill, the uh, yes. versatile offensive lineman from the 49ers. So I guess so far, Teron, based on what we've had, what we have, I know it's not necessarily a complete picture, but what have you kind of made of the, uh, of the moves that the Titans have made thus far? Yeah, I think the common thread in all of that is opportunity. These are all guys who are looking for an opportunity and they should be able to get that with the Titans. Luke Gifford, if you remember Todd Archer's report, the Dallas Cowboys staff, they have said that they felt like he could be primed for more opportunities on defense, but you're stuck behind Leighton Van Der Esch and Michael Parsons. It's not exactly easy to get on the field with those guys. And just the same, Aziz Alshire, he's the guy stuck behind Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. But when he got a chance to play, he showed and proved uh, really well. And I I think, you know, replacing him with uh, uh, David Long with him, I th- very similar players. So, yeah, it's all about opportunities. You, you look at Dillard, had the situation with Jordan Mailata. It was a Jeff Stoutland project, and I challenge anybody to go out and, and look at Mailata's YouTube videos of his rugby stuff. Yeah, you will want that guy at left tackle, too, after being able to mold him the way that Stoutland did. So there's a lot to the situation there, and Greenlaw, um, you know, he kept, like I said, outside from playing. So it's it's a good opportunity for all these guys. Uh, speaking of opportunity, we got the opportunity to add a third. We got Steve Lehman 
of News Channel 5 hopping on with us right now in the middle of the uh, live 615 sessions. If I don't botch the uh, layout situation, sorry, boys, I'm learning new technology around here. Steve, it's good to see you, my guy. Oh, his audio's terrible. No, Steve, you got <laughs> you got the video portion, but now we can't hear you. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Layman. We'll uh, we'll continue Ter the Terry discussion. Terry is his tech support. No. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, is is Terry. I mean, is Terry's the worst of us, right? Like, just generally, when it comes to technology, like I don't think. I don't think there's anybody at this stage in Titans media worse than Terry. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll see what Steve can figure out, and we'll continue the discussion in the meantime. Uh, Aziz Alshair, uh, uh, Tehran, is somebody who I really liked the idea of them signing prior that, to them doing so. And you mentioned the opportunity that he got uh, behind Dre Greenlaw specifically with the uh, injuries that were uh, that San Francisco was having to deal with. Yeah. In their uh, in their 2021 season, Dre Greenlaw did play a good amount of the snaps last year. But even in their base uh, in their base defense, Alshair is the third linebacker in that situation, mm -hmm. and plenty of experience. Uh, reportedly, a one year up to six million dollar deal, which is I think ideal. And you know, I know a lot of Titans fans been out of shape about the idea of losing David Long, but that seems to be as close to a plug and play replacement. Uh, as you can find, just, you know, somebody who Rand Carthon is a little more familiar with. Yeah, and I think when you watch him, the thing I like about him is he'll come up, he'll take on the fullback, take on the line or the, the lineman, and throw him out the way and make the tackle. He flows to the football really well. He's very similar to David Long in that he has that GPS for the football, and then he arrives with violent intentions. You want that out of your, your inside backer, you know, your middle backer. I think Long is a little bit better at kind of weaving around blocks. Mm -hmm. But rest assured, Al Shire is going to get there and make the play. And also in coverage, too, that's something that has to be noted. He does a good job in zone and where there are times where you see him kind of covering two routes, right, not getting high load uh, when they flood to that side. So I, I, it's, it's a good signing, really good signing. Just want to see, you know, how he's going to be able to show and prove this year and will that lead to a bigger deal next year and going forward? All right, you want to you want to give Layman another shot here. You want to try it? Fire it up. <laughs> All right, Steve, give me give me something here. What do you got? Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> Is it muted? I don't know. I can see. It's funny because I can hear him, but it's like very very low. Do you have like a like a volume function you're not using properly or something like that? I don't know if you got a mic and just hanging out. Uh, it's probably a see i heard that when he's taking a shot at me about it being a 615 sessions problem but i gotta really really listen all right buddy we uh we may give you a, a rain check because i don't know what it is to uh i don't know what it is that's going on here but uh for the purposes of the uh of the conversation i may have to get back with you if that's okay thanks steve steve layman news channel five ladies and gentlemen for the audience watching on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, so positional versatility, we know that's something they've always valued. Mm -hmm. And I think both Brunskill, I mean, you talk about, for example, special teams with Luke Gifford and the uh, the reporting from Todd Archer, as you mentioned, that 
Cowboys coaching staff thinks that he can be a, a, a player with a more elevated role on defense, TD. Um, Brunskill, who's played uh, basically every position along the offensive line and started two positions yeah. for yeah. the San Francisco 49ers uh, at this point over the course of his career there. And then Arden Key, who gave this team absolute hell when he was in Jacksonville last year. I think that when you talk about the, the amount of different things that they want to do on their uh, on their front seven, particularly when they get into third down and want to start playing games, I think Arden Key makes so much sense, and he's he basically signed the Danico Autry deal. Yeah, he, it's a really reasonable deal there with Arden Key, and I think you know one thing that goes kind of under the radar is, is losing Demarcus Walker. I thought that he was a really good edge guy as well as able to bump inside and give you a pass rush from the interior side of it. You still have versatility in Arden Key. And in my opinion, Arden Key is more of a replacement of Bud Dupree than Demarcus Walker, whereas he could stand up and rush the passer. And if you play that edge position that way, you can get him down, you go even fronts, hand in the dirt, and he could give you that. But I think he's more suited as a stand-up guy. And that's where you saw him do a lot of his damage. So that, that's a really good signing. He brings a lot of juice off the edge. And it's another situation where it's like, okay, what are you going to do with this opportunity? Because, you know, he was stuck behind uh, Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker there in, in Jacksonville, but got opportunities occasionally. But this is going to be a full skill. You're one of the guys. What What do we know about him, Teron? Because I, I – I... I know that he was drafted by the Raiders. Things didn't necessarily pan out there. He had one year in San Francisco and then one year with the Jags. Um, I don't know much about Arden Key. I, I don't know how much you know beyond what we've seen on tape study and obviously uh, playing against the Titans in, with two different teams at this point. Um, but I do find it curious that he's bounced around the way that he has. I know he hasn't quite realized his potential. He had one really strong year at LSU and and was kind of looked at in that draft process, I remember, as potentially being like the next great LSU defensive player, right? Yeah, but yeah. since then, I, I this this seems like a great opportunity for him. And he's seemingly put it together in the last couple of seasons. But I I'm I'm curious about just him generally without knowing the individual just yet. Yeah, I think a big part of him is is situations, right? So he came in, he made 10 stars with the Raiders. And they had him a, a lot and just like down as a down lineman. And uh, when you have a guy like Key, like you could put him there at times, but you want him standing up and rushing the passer that's way. And uh, you look at San Francisco, you know, 2021, he, he got into the right scheme and all of a sudden he, he got unlocked. And then this past year with Jacksonville, situational pass rusher, you saw what he did to Dennis Daly. In that in that season for now, so yeah, there's a lot to make with him. He's not a, a big guy. I think he's like six three, two forty something in, in right. that range. And that to me is that's ideal coming off the edge and, and rushing the passer that way. Yeah, uh, it's I, I'm curious to know what you think it says so far about the direction that we're heading in because there's still a couple of moves that or a couple of cards that they have yet to play if they so choose and. A couple of different reports that have been uh, swirling around the NFL news cycle. We'll do that in just a second right after I remind the audience that the 615 Sessions podcast is presented 
by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is always where you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. Nobody does it better than the folks at Two Rivers Ford, and they will make sure that you have whatever you like, no matter how you want to shop, whether it's online the way that I did and custom order your next Ford or on the dealership, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, so Marvin on Facebook Live, Teron says, what happens to Kevin Byard in these coming days? We'll tell it all with what direction this team is going. And there's been, so we have the free agency class thus far, and we have a couple of these reports regarding two of the three players that they can make money moves around, right? Whether it's, uh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Uh, whether it's Derek Henry and the report initially from Mike Silver, that they were uh, shopping him. Then there was refuting a reports refuting that from Jonathan Jones and Albert Breer saying that they had not actively shopped Derek, but they had been taking calls on him. And then a, a note from Mike Lombardi on the GM shuffle podcast saying that Kevin Byard had been asked to take a pay cut uh, and that they were working through the process of that right now. And all options were on the table with the veteran Titan safety. Do you think that we are, we have yet to see uh a move with one of these Titan star players. Cause I haven't seen any reporting, haven't heard anything uh, rumor mill wise around Ryan Tannehill and uh, everything that they've done so far is everything that we all knew that they had to do. All of the obvious moves have been made and now it gets to the difficult part of, I feel. Yeah. With Tannehill, anything that I've trying to di dig up is just, it's been shut down. So right. it seems like that's going to be the guy under center as far as henry's concerned like you said there's conflicting reports i haven't really gotten much in regards to one way or the other to be honest with you and kevin byer i highly highly doubt that he would be released i highly doubt that would be the case as some have have asked the pay cut side of things i, I don't know that it's a, a much of a pay cut as it is a haircut you know shifting mm -hmm. money around that's really the, the main thing and, and getting some money pushed up to the front of the contract to kind of tweak the, the salary cap side of things. I could see them doing that. You know, you have Harold Landry and I believe Omani Hooker are guys that could have their deals tweaked as well. So I don't think asking him to restructure, I don't think that's necessarily meaning that they want to move on or anything like that. And if you think about it, why would they want to move on? Kevin Byard is still, he's not an old player. He's a veteran and he's productive. And we already know his presence in the locker room. You look at how he spoke after the Jaguars game. You look at how he spoke throughout that whole seven game losing streak. It was remarkable the way he stood up at his locker every time, sometimes for 20 plus minutes, all the way up until time to go to meetings and, and he's still speaking. So I, I don't think that that's something that you want to remove from, from your team, regardless of if you're turning the page on most of the roster. Well, and the way, I mean, several moments, we know what kind of player KB is. You and I have covered, uh, I, I think his rookie year was, 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 uh, was Kevin the draft class before Derek or after? I, I believe it was before. before. I want to say before. Either way, you and I have covered the bulk of KB's career, and we know what kind yeah. of player he is and, and how productive he still can be. I mean, hell, he basically tried to will them single-handedly to a win 
in Dallas uh, or with Dallas here in uh, on the Thursday night football game, and yeah, you know, yeah. still able to uh, still was it felt almost a little bit like 2020 where things around him were falling apart. He had to kind of overcompensate for um, you know whether there was a missed assignment here that you have to try and move around and take yourself out of position to make sure that there wasn't a bigger bust than had already occurred or something like that. Like that, it was kind of reminiscent of Kevin's 2020 season where a lot of the criticism around him was, oh, KB's having a bad season, having a terrible season, all these other things. And then you look around him and you're like, oh, I mean, are you seeing the players that he's out there trying to organize? <laughs> yeah. it, it had it had 2020 Titans defense vibes towards the back end. Yeah, yeah, that secondary, has it left a lot to be desired. So, uh, with a 32nd and pass defense. Yeah. And some of that does have to do with up front. I, I mean, I, I will say that, but there were times when guys were getting beat. I mean, you look at the Eagles game, you know, each of the, the corners, they fell victim to, to, to touchdown passes. So, it, it's that's just an example. Yeah, I uh, so go, circling back to Ryan Tannehill before we talk about what they've done at receivers so far and uh, players that they've um, play what potentially could be in line now that we have a little clearer picture with the draft up ahead. Uh, you bring up Ryan Tannehill and and you know you're you doing reporting around it, not hearing anything of consequence as far as him being moved. I, I want to play a, a clip of Rand Carthon at the combine on the radio show talking about Ryan Tannehill and a question to Ron that I asked him about Malik Willis and unprompted he bring he brought up Tannehill as a part of this um and I think that you know it's easy to kind of hear words from people like Rand Carthon in that moment and just say oh well he doesn't mean that it's this what people say or whatever uh, around the quarterback situation but the further we get into this thing it does seem like they are entrenched with Ryan Tannehill at least for one more season as their starting quarterback, here's the clip. When it comes to Ryan, like Ryan's done, Ryan's done a great job. Uh, Ryan's won a ton of games. Um, I already saw pass on one of the, the screens, you know, that I said Ryan's a Titan. He's going to be here forever, or whatever the, the little that caption. Clip. I mean, know. Rand, I'm telling you, I have DMs on Instagram right now. Do you think Rand Carthon's comments on Tannehill is a commitment to him for this year as our quarterback? Like that's so that's uh, how the news cycle works. Uh, well, I would just say from from a news cycle perspective, um, whoever said that he wasn't yeah. going to be here, Mike's never said that. Amy's never said that. No one's ever heard me say that. So I'd like to constantly answer this question around Ryan's status I personally don't think it's fair to him and that's why I said that in you know in my press conference um you know Ryan's under contract no one from our side has ever said he wasn't going to be here so that narrative was created outside of our building and so in my mind I don't feel there's a need to even answer it you know sure. and, and you know because in all fairness I didn't ask you your contract status. It's a contract year. <laughs> we, we, we could talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be mindful and respectful, you know, of Ryan and where he is. And, you know, again, I know this is a tough time for him, maybe a tough time for his family. Um, but Ryan is under contract, you know, and so I don't, I don't feel like – I honestly don't care to or don't want to constantly answer questions about – Ryan's status and other players on our team status you know like I've said before like we're not we're not going to negotiate in public yeah and we're not going to do that you know we're going to keep family business in the family and when we're ready to make an announcement we will 
Um, and, you know, and that's how we're going to be. Titans general manager, Rand. Lip service or, uh, you know, truth to power there, TD? No, I think that's real talk because that's he, he said very similar to that at the combine, at the podium. And the big thing that I pulled from that and, and what I heard before when he spoke is the fact that the Tannehill being gone is not coming from inside the building. It, it's not. And you can sense some frustration there. You sense some frustration when he spoke as far as when he said, you know, it was let me let me speak on it for a second. Something along those lines he said, right. and he was like, Ryan is under contract. And then he he went in. It was into, all but a grab the mic about, moment. It was like, hey, listen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, I'm excited about you, you know, moving forward with him. So really, I highly doubt that it's it's something that happens. And again, everything that I've been told, you know, from talking to people there, it's not in the plans to to move. I would echo that sentiment at this point. And certainly Aaron Rodgers uh, seemingly committing to the Jets would remove one. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I, had, I came out of the darkness and I found out something different. I was like, this dude is just, he's a trip, man. Hey, man. But like, you know what? Like, as somebody who works in this business, I so respect the ability to just completely single-handedly take over the the biggest news cycle in sports. It's big. March yeah. Madness is going on right now. NFL free agency dwarfs it. And the only thing that dwarfs NFL free agency is a three-time MVP at quarterback who wants to take a psychedelic darkness retreat, come out the other side and tell you whether he wants to retire, play for the Jets. Like, I, it's annoying. It's super annoying. But I honestly, I respect it. Yeah, <laughs> got to. Um, they bring back NWI on a one-year deal. Uh, Jimmy just uh, reported that transaction is official. Um, Jimmy White of the team's uh, website. So NWI, it looked like, was prepared to test the market after uh, getting a, a tender situation. Comes back to the Titans on a one-year deal. Um, the receiving core is still going to look different. No Robert Woods. We know that they have Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, and uh, Racing McMath under contract. Ideally, what we know of the players uh, who occupy those spaces right now and their skill sets, what is it that the Titans need to add with at least one draft pick, if not two? Yeah, at least one draft pick. They have to get speed on the outside. They have to get someone that could vertically stretch the field, especially when they work those play actions. Look at the Ravens game in the playoffs, the divisional round. Look at that one. Remember that play action pass and Cleve Raymond caught the post like that just shut stuff down. It was that it was basically over from that point. They need somebody to be able to do that. And that will open up things underneath as well. As far as trailing Burks on that strike route and those type of things, someone has to be a threat over top. And that's why I'm telling you, we, we touched on it before we got on here. I think Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler, Tyler Scott, in the third round would be a perfect match for them. Speed guy. He's not big, but he's a junior Olympic track runner, and he's very disciplined as far as how he uses that speed on those deep routes. You see him where he's tracking the ball, and he's running, and once the ball is here, then he, he catches it, late hands, and he doesn't lose speed. In fact, when the ball's in the air, he has another gear. He will be a perfect fit for them, but 
They also need they need a veteran receiver. Yeah. They need whether it's Marvin Jones, DJ Sharp, one of those types that can come in and, and you know kind of steer the the ship, so to speak. Whereas show Traylon Burks each day how to be a pro, and that's that's what the value of Robert Woods was. But obviously, at that that number, they weren't going to keep him around. No, he uh, he signs in Houston on a two-year deal that was uh, in total cash worth as much as the one year that he was going to make uh, this year had they kept him under contract. Um, you know, to your point about Traylon Burks, uh, Teron, and, and veteran wide receivers, like that I think is something um, that the coaching staff, and, and at least talking to Mike Brabel about it, I'm sure you've had similar conversations, where they felt legitimately good about the progress that Traylon had made about how he approaches his his work, how he goes about his day-to-day. You know, things like being a pro, I think, kind of start to wash over fans after a, a certain while it went, because you've heard it so many times over and over again with all kinds of different teams and all kinds of different sports and different scenarios. But still, like, there is value there that you cannot undermine. And I think that, you know, while NWI is is all well and good and it's somebody with institutional knowledge and who would be considered a veteran at this point um, there, there needs to be an additional perspective for both Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks, Racy McMath for, for all uh, yeah. we know, just, I don't know how much time he's actually been able to spend around his teammates because of the amount of time that he's had dealing with injuries. We, you know, we know those guys are around. We don't see them necessarily during locker room availability and things like that. But it, it is a different dynamic when you've missed as much time as this current young wide receiver group has. Right. And that's that's been the main issue. Whereas, yeah, you're right. Westbrook and Kenny is essentially the veteran of the group. But when you have a guy that's really been there and done that, like a Marvin Jones, the conversation, the the way that you take it, the way that you receive it is a lot different. So having him in the room would be uh a lot better, you know, whether it's him, Miko Hardman, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Shark, those those types. So you're right, that leadership side of it is is a big part. And just to have that that veteran in the in the receiver room to give different perspective and, and help out from that way. And that's not to put a slight on Rob Moore, because I think he's an outstanding receiver coach. And we watch what he does with these guys every day. And you see stuff transfer into the games. So it's just different when you have one of your teammates there as well guiding. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I, I don't think, I think, uh, I think people got a really good idea and it was a small sample size and I know it was an ad, but like that FedEx commercial that AJ Brown did with yeah. Rob Moore. I mean, you can tell how big an impact that somebody like Rob Moore has on a guy like AJ or, you know, potentially Traylon, Kyle Phillips, whatever the case may be. Cause that's the, the coach that they're going to spend the vast majority of their time with. Yeah while they're around the facility. Uh, he is Teron Davenport. ESPN.com is where you read all the great work that he does on the Titans, the Talking With TD podcast. It is prospect season on the Talking With TD podcast. You know Teron has the best interviews this week. Joshua Reed, Tanner Morgan, and Trey Tucker uh, on Wednesday's episode, as well as our uh, our buddy Chris Sanders. I haven't talked to Chris Sanders in a long time. That's the main man, but he does a great job each week with TD. <laughs> Yeah, he he's a trip, man. We our segment is, is hilarious. Run TMC, man. Guarantee you'll crack up at least three times. There is no question. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Ron, it's always good to see you, my guy. Uh, fun to hang out a little bit in Indy. We all survived the Kirby Allen Kirby experience, <laughs> and are uh, I don't know if we're better. I don't know if we're worse for it, but 
Kirby I, tried I came, to get me today. He tried to get I me came today out of the combine a big fan of Kirby. That's for sure, man. <laughs> well, this is this man is uh, this man is a different uh, a different kind of animal. But I'm glad that everybody else gets a little exposure, and it's not just. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out, TD. For sure.